0: Praise the Lord. Lord. What a beautiful day. Amen? Amen. The sun is shining, and the sun is shining, right? Hallelujah. That's right, S-U-N and (laughs) S-O-N. All right, ladies. Uh, Ladies' retreat is coming up quickly upon us. Uh, Three and a half months. I know that actually sounds like a long time, but things fill up fast. So if you would like to go, please see Sister Shepard, um, and she can help you with registration, you know, through that process. Um, we do have some rooms already reserved, so she can give you the pricing and everything on that. So if you want to go, please see Sister Shepherd. Also, this Wednesday, we will be hosting Brother and Sister Paul, Missionaries to Spain. Uh, They are going to be coming, and they have special projects that they need funded. They're going to have a table with some things to sell. So keep that in mind. Uh, Come to be a blessing for them. March 5th, we have a Faith Promise service. These missionaries coming it's not possible without our faith promise you guys did an amazing job the last time we had a faith promise and we've been able to host every missionary that has come through our section i'd like to see that continue we can expand god's kingdom here or around the world right hallelujah all right today we have um all of our department heads are going to come up and give you just a short presentation about their departments, what they're doing, um, and just kind of give you an overview.
1: Okay. Um, I'm over the sound booth or media. um we have a lot of new equipment. Thank you so much for all your patience when the technology doesn't work sometimes um, we're still working out all the bugs on it, um, but we do all the I do the announcements and um, the music and then over ladies and I want to thank the ladies we've been having such a really good um, book study um, it's ministered to me. I know that, and I, I think it has brought us together as ladies um, more just praying for each other, praying for the church and just just doing kind of a deep dive into some of the ladies in the uh, Bible that we wouldn't normally, I mean, not that they're not important, but we always think of the big names like Esther and Ruth and and Mary, and and it's nice to kind of start looking at some of these ladies that aren't so well-known and just really applying it to our lives. So I think that's been wonderful in the ladies.
2: Well, I'm the missionary director. So, I'll tell you a little bit about what I do, and if you're interested, Um, we host missionaries that come through. So, when we are going to have a missionary come, um, I coordinate with Brother and Sister Becker. I send them an email. Um, I ask them questions like uh, what kind of foods do your family like to eat? Do they have allergies? Is there certain foods that you're just plain sick of? I was really good friends some with some evangelists and I remember them saying, I don't know if I can just eat chicken anymore. <laughs> so these are common things that you don't think of but and you know, if you're coming in and you're gonna be staying at somebody's house house it's like you don't wanna really create problems. So it's just easier ahead of time if I can say, What do you have food allergies? Are you on a certain diet um we i help with them with their lodging i help welcome them i buy the welcome gifts i um supply whatever information they need and between brother becker and i we just coordinate for them to come um we get missionary letters that we read through i follow some of them on facebook um So, that's kind of what the mission director does. It welcomes the missionaries that are here. It makes them feel welcome. We make sure they're going to have a table. We find out what special projects they're going to be needing help with. This time, the Pauls are going to be needing help with, um, he's kind of fluent in Spanish, but he needs to take some more classes. His wife grew up on the mission field in South America, so she is fluent in Spanish. Um, They need to be able to get all their belongings overseas, and that's costly, so that's one of the projects. And they are, are of course, also looking for uh, PIMs. But whatever you can do, you know, if if you can only spend like $5 maybe for a gift or $10 or just give it to them in an offering, they appreciate it because whatever we don't supply for them until they get to their next place, that comes out of their pocket. So as far as we can support them and help them so that they would maybe not have to take it out of their own pocket to get to the next place, that's what we're desiring to do. And uh, I just want to give you a little thing I learned about missions. I've always loved missions from the time I was a child. But I heard someone speak about Brother Barnes. It was Mark Morgan. And he talked about how Brother Barnes had called him into his office one time. He was, They were at a special gathering. And Brother Morgan hadn't really, you know, um, associated with Brother Barnes that much, or this was the first time he was going to his office. And Brother Barnes called him in, and he said, um, have you ever considered the United States and why it's here? And Brother Morgan said, one thing you don't want to do is lie to a prophet, because they're going to know So you might as well be up front and just tell them, no, I've never really considered why America's here, why um, we are so blessed here. And Brother Barnes said, America was put here for three reasons. One reason was so that we could help missionaries go throughout all the world. We were blessed so that we could help fund these missionaries. He said the second thing was, that we were to be a friend to Israel and to pray for Israel. And the third thing was that we were to hold back the enemy because he's always trying to usurp his authority before his time has come. So these are the things. This is why we live in the country we do. And I just want to thank you because this is such a giving church. It amazes me how much you give but you are furthering the kingdom. And our promise and our prophecies will come true because we are willing to do what God has asked us to do.
3: Okay, um, before I stand up, I want to just read a scripture. Uh, Psalms 85 and 10 says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand, Anywhere else, I'd rather be a doorkeeper and stand at the threshold in the house of my God than to dwell at ease in the tents of wickedness. Okay, so I uh, I'm in charge of hospitality. Okay, just a minute, let me gather myself here. Uh, hospitality is a privilege to be in charge of. Um, it's made up of ushers and greeters, uh, and uh, ushers and greeters are very neat, much needed ministry here at Calvary Apostolic Church. Um, we have currently we have three um, greeters and two ushers, and um, always in need of recruiting new new fresh help. Um, so if you are interested, um, this is a great place to serve. Um, If you want to begin to learn what it means to serve and serve others, uh, hospitality is where it's at. Because this is where humility begins. This is humility's door. Uh, People walking in, you are the first place, you are the first face that they all see. Uh, And we have a new greeter today. Gets great compliments on her smile. Um, and uh, I just love seeing a good smile. Who can say anything bad about a great smile? Uh, Who can say anything negative about a great smile? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength, and um, people see that. Uh, It is mostly also one of the most spiritual warfare that's going to enter our church. People come in with problems or marital problems, the world baggage, um, stuff like that. Who's going to be the first person they're going to see? They're going to see the usher. They're going to see the greeter. And we are the welcoming force and the first line of defense in this church. Uh, security is also very important. I've talked to, to the men of this church about the importance of being an usher and watching that door. Um, it's very important. We need to be prayed up and ready to go. Um so I love being an usher. I, it's important to me. We also take care of the out, outdoor grounds. We also take care of the grounds. We're, we're minimum ground keeper. uh Take care of the ice. We remove snow if it needs to be removed. We help with the, oh, well, I mean, we're not a young church. I'm going to be honest with you. We're, getting, we're growing older, all of us. We help with the folks who need help to get into the church. Um, You know, uh, we do what is needed to really show the love of Christ to people. And uh, so, it is a huge privilege to be a servant. And this is um, where servanthood hits the where the rubber meets the road, per se. Let me say that from my point of view. This is where the rubber meets the road, and um, the importance of it is vital for this church. The importance of uh, being an usher or being a greeter is vital for this church. And we're all called to minister to one another. We all have a calling. And I I just want to thank the pastor for choosing me. So just thanks.
0: Praise the Lord. Most recently, I was in charge of children's ministry, but have now transitioned to youth and hyphen. Uh, Today, we started a small group for our young people up to age 21. Um, This is going to equip them to find their purpose and their place in the kingdom of God. That's the mission of our church is to mobilize our saints. We want to see them find their purpose. Um, so through these discussions, we want them to be able to see that the Bible is applicable in every situation. It doesn't matter how tumultuous this world becomes. God is still in it. God can see us through it. His Word is our foundation. So we started that today. We have also begun... Uh, a game night the first saturday of every month for youth and hyphen hyphen is those individuals who go up to age 35 so we have quite an age range there (laughs) but at those we are doing devotions and then we have the fellowship so we're building relationships relationship is important obviously we need a relationship with god but we also have to build relationships with each other So that's what we're focusing on in that, the youth, and hyphen. Um, If anyone is interested in leading one of the discussions in the small group, let us know. Uh, Or if you're interested in hosting one of the game nights at your house, just let me know. Thank you.
4: The righteous run into it, and they are saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Run into it And they are saved Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed
2: be the name of the Lord Blessed
4: be the name of the Lord Most high Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. All glory and honor belong to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You alone are worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank
0: you, Jesus. Oh, I give you glory. I give you honor and praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Let's just worship him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
4: Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Sorry, we're learning something new today.
4: i uh-huh. Jesus hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah thank you for joy thank you for the laughter Lord Jesus that you put in our souls hallelujah thank you for love hallelujah and peace and hope hallelujah Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah oh you are worthy Lord hallelujah The highest praise, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on again, the Lord. The highest praise, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on again, the Lord. The highest praise, hallelujah.
2: Guys,
0: I just can't get it down. (laughs) Let's
4: do just let's just sing it without the music because I can't keep up. All right, come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on and give. The Lord, the highest praise, hallelujah, praise His holy name. When I think of His goodness and what He's done for me, when I think of His goodness and how He set me free, I want to clap, 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 clap all night, all night. When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I want to shout, 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 shout all night, all night. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah, praise His holy name. When I think of His goodness and what He's done for me, when I think of His goodness and how He set me free, I want to clap, 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 clap all night all night when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me when I think of his goodness how he set me free I want to shout 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 all night all night when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me when I think of his goodness how he set me free I want to jump jump Jump, jump, jump all night, all night, when I think of His goodness, and all He's done for me, when I think of His goodness, how He set me free, I want to praise, 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 all night, all night. So come on and give the Lord the highest praise, hallelujah. Hallelujah, come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah, praise His holy name.
5: Praise God. Our Lord Jesus Christ is ever worthy of all worship and all praise to receive all glory and all honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we do give You the highest praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are all together and ever worthy of all worship and all praise to receive all glory and all honor. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You sit upon the throne... You are the highest. You are the greatest. There is no one higher or greater than You. You have all power. You have all authority. We worship and we praise You today, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We delight ourselves in the Lord our God this morning. We rejoice in the God of our salvation. You have wrought wondrously and gloriously in this place and in our lives. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you glory for your mighty acts. We worship and we praise you because of who you are. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy of my worship. You're worthy of my full attention. You're worthy of my complete service. Hallelujah, Jesus. I worship you today. Thank you, Jesus, for your great goodness to us. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Our God is high and lifted up. Praise God. His train fills the temple. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Our worship service may have fallen apart, but the Lord is here. Amen. And it's the intent of our heart, isn't it? To desire to enter into His presence. Praise God. Sometimes our steps toward Jesus are like that little baby. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But we're making our way to Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, It's where we'll find our scripture text today, Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, I do thank and appreciate my wife, amen, I know she's feeling awful right now, but Sister Rudy for taking on the piano, we'll get it going, we'll get it going. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 states this Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Amen. We'll talk for the remainder of this time on this topic how to be courageous. How to be courageous. Lord Jesus, we approach you one more time and we ask your blessing upon the remainder of your service, that you would move freely that You would move wondrously and gloriously according to Your perfect will, according to our need, whatever that might be today. I pray, Lord Jesus, above all else, that Your mighty name, Your glorious name, would be worshipped, glorified, magnified in this place today. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated today. I did a sermon uh, a little while ago now called, How to Not... Be a coward. I'm not going to recall any of that because I don't have it in front of me. But uh, this one is How to Be Courageous. And, you know, we've talked a lot in our services about the idea that we need to endure hardness as a good soldier. That we're called to enter heaven through much tribulation. We're promised fiery trials of our faith. All of that is scriptural, biblical, it's true. We know it to be true because we've lived life. But, that's only true in the temporal, that we are called to endure, that we are called to suffer, that we are called to, to uh, face fiery trials of our faith. In the spiritual, it's something else entirely. When dealing with people, when dealing with this temporal world, we are servants. We're submitting ourselves to them. We're ministering to their needs. We love people when they hate us. We endure persecution and trial and test for the sake of loving and serving others. That's all true and that's all absolutely necessary. But when we're dealing with demons and devils, when we're dealing with circumstance and situation, friend, you don't need to put up with anything. You don't need to submit to anything except God. You don't have to put up with when the when Satan comes and whispers in your ear. When Satan comes into your family and starts wreaking havoc, you don't have to put up with any of that. You're given power. You're given authority over demons and devils. Circumstances and situations. You don't have to put up with anything in the Spirit. In the Spirit, you're large and in charge. Why? Because God made you that way. You have the power and the authority of Jesus Christ at your disposal. Use it. Use it. We are to be victorious in the Spirit, even in the temporal, when we are facing trial and test. In the Spirit, we are victorious. We know that this is going to work together for our good. We trust in the Lord our God to bring us through in accordance with His plan and in His will. If that ends up in my living longer, that ends up in my suffering or even dying, so be it. But it's according to the will and plan of God. We're going to talk about healings in a little bit. I believe in healings. I believe it's God's will to heal people. But having said that, someday, said the Lord Terry, I'm going to die. I might die perfectly healthy. I might fall asleep and never wake up. <clears throat> but I'm going to die. I'm not going to live here forever. He can heal me a thousand times, but I'm still going to die. This this flesh is still going to perish. So we need to keep that in mind. But, having said that, I believe it's God's perfect will for His people to be strong physically. Yeah. To be healthy physically so that we can do the work He's called us to do. Amen. <clears throat> Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 says that the Lord of our that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. For us to be courageous, folks, there are two, and only two things that we need to have settled in our hearts. Two things that we need to be persuaded of. The first is we need to know who Jesus Christ is. We need to know who it is, who is the God that we serve. The second thing we need to understand is who we are. Who are we in Jesus Christ? If we have a good understanding of those two things, folks, you will be bold. You will be mighty through God. I promise you that. So who is Jesus? Daniel 11.32 says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. If you know who Jesus Christ is, folks, you're going to be pretty bold. We're going to go through a few things about God. He's omniscient. That means He knows Everything. Psalm 147.5 says, Great is our Lord, and of great power His understanding is infinite. We don't understand what that word means. I mean, we know what the definition is. But we can't understand in our heart of hearts. We can't grasp the full concept of infinity. But His understanding is infinite. Colossians 2.2-3 says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. To the acknowledgment of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything is hid in Him. He possesses all of it. Another thing we need to understand about who our God is, He's he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Ephesians 1.19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power? Daniel 4.35 says, All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can say his hand, or say unto him, What doest thou? He has all power. He can do whatever it is he wants to do. He can destroy and he can create. He can build up and he can tear down. He's sovereign in the affairs of nations and in the affairs of men. Praise God. Our God is all-loving. Psalm 36 and 7 says, How excellent is Thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of Thy wings. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us when we were unlovable. He loved us when we hated Him. He died for us anyway. Our God is faithful in covenant-keeping. Joshua 21 and 45 says, There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Psalm 36 and 5 says, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. He's a faithful and covenant-keeping God. Our God is immutable. He changes not. Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Folks, He doesn't change. There are many other characteristics we could go through. Why did I pick these? God is wise enough and knows enough to know what's best for every situation. God is powerful enough to make anything happen that He wants to make happen. God loves you so much, He wants the very best for you in every situation. God is faithful to His covenant promises so that we can depend on them and stand on them when it counts, when it matters. We can trust in them. And none of the above points will ever change because God does not change. These will always be true. So who are we? I did a sermon on this just a little bit ago. We went through all kinds of stuff. I'm going to shorten it up for tonight, today. Yet, a child of God. That's who we are. Galatians 3.26 says, Ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.15, Ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Folks, I understand He's God. and, And I've spoken about this. And we need to reverence and respect Him. And when we enter into His presence, we need to approach Him. Very carefully very reverently, when we're in his presence we need we need to honor and respect the Lord our God, but we folks he is our heavenly Father too. He is our heavenly Father, and our relationship with him is as sons and daughters. Amen we are ambassadors second corinthians five twenty says So then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Ephesians 6 and 20 says, For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. We represent Jesus Christ in this world. We have been delegated power and authority to do that. We have been commissioned to do that, to represent Jesus Christ in this world, to demonstrate Jesus Christ in this world. All right, we are the centerpiece of God's creation. We are the apple of his eye. Zechariah 2 and 8 says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. Deuteronomy 32 and 10 says, He found him in a desert land and in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Referring to God's people. Amen. Folks, you got to understand how God feels about you. The thoughts that He has toward you. The love. The desperate love that He has toward each and every one of you. You are what He thinks about. You are who He thinks about. We're made in the likeness and image of God. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Again, Genesis 9.6 says, Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be said. For in the image of God made he man. You are the only part of his creation made in that image. You are the only part of God's creation who can and ought to reflect the character and image of Almighty God. The only part of God's creation that can do that. And most human beings waste their lives, waste their potential, pursuing stuff and things and and pleasures of this world. Completely waste the potential, completely waste the, the possibilities that God has placed in them. The calling that God has called us to. We are who Jesus died for. He didn't die for aliens on planet X. He didn't die for your dog, your cat. I love dogs. I love cats. But He didn't die for them. He died for you. He died for me. First Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, "...but as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation." I'm sorry, I'm ahead of myself. First <laughs> Peter two and twenty four, we'll get to that. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. First Corinthians fifteen and three says, I delivered you, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. We understand that Jesus died for lost humanity. Sometimes we forget that He died for me. He died for me. He died for you. Specifically. By name. God has declared us to be holy and righteous in Him. 1 Peter 1.15-16 But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Because Jesus Christ is holy, I can be holy. Romans five seventeen says, For if by one man's offence death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace than of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. I am holy because Jesus is holy. I am righteous because Jesus is righteous. Not because of what I do or don't do. Say or don't say. I cannot be righteous in and of myself. I cannot be holy in and of myself. If I could, I wouldn't need a Savior. Jesus wouldn't have never had to die on the cross. I can just do this myself. Thank you very much. But we can't. I need a Savior. Thank God for Jesus. We are conquerors. Romans 8.37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14 says, Now thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. Amen. So now we understand who God is. God is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's all-loving. He's faithful in covenant keeping. He changes not. We are his child. We are ambassadors, the centerpiece of God's creation, made in his likeness, who Jesus died for, declared to be holy and righteous in him, and we are more than conquerors through him. So, why aren't we? Why do we put up with the things that we do? Why do we endure the things that we do? We understand the God that we serve. He's always living victoriously. I don't think anyone here would question that. God's always having a great day, He's always living above everything, on the throne. More than a conqueror. His train fills the temple. He's always having a great day. You, not so much. Not always. Now, I can choose to have a great day. I can choose to respond in a manner that's pleasing to God. But if I had a choice, I'd choose some days over other days, wouldn't you? I would. I'm not always super fantastic, great, and getting better. Although I like to say that all the time. Because it it just rolls off the tongue. Bishop's got his blessed and highly favored. I got super fantastic, great, and getting better. (laughs) His is better because his is in the Bible. (laughs) In this world, we will have tribulation. In this world, we will be called to endure things. Absolutely. There are things that I will not be able to control. If, if the government changes everything and starts throwing Christians in prison, there may be nothing I could I could pray. I could pray for the release of people. That's happened. We've, we see that in the book of Acts. But some people stay in prison. Some people get tortured in prison. Some people die in prison. And I might be called to endure that. You might be called to endure that. But in that situation, spiritually, I can be victorious. I can pray for the guards. I can witness to the guards. I can see the guards filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul did it all the time. They had to keep changing guards out. So I can be victorious spiritually even though I'm suffering physically. I have to endure things physically. But I can be more than a conqueror spiritually. I have to endure that, maybe. But I don't have to endure when the devil comes and whispers in my ear, God's forsaken you. He's left you. All that you've done for God. And now look. Look where it's got you. He'll come. And he'll start talking to you. I don't have to put up with that. Shut your yapper. Get out of my prison cell. Yeah. We don't have to put up with that. The enemy comes knocking. I don't have to put up with that. Demons and devils start, start doing what it is they do. We don't have to put up with that. False doctrine comes your way, you don't have to put up with that. We have authority over these things, church. We need to exercise it. We need to start using the tools that God has given us. The reason the church is where it's at, this church was founded in a blaze of power and glory. This church was founded in fire. The Azusa Street Revivals. Fire! We don't see that today. And the fault isn't God. One of His characteristics, if I remember, is He's immutable. He doesn't change. He's the same God today as He was yesterday. The same one He's going to be tomorrow. Well, if that's true, where's the Lord God of Elijah? Where'd he go? Is he taking a break? Does he need a rest? Of course not. Well, there's only other only one other part of the equation. Me. I'm the other part of the equation. And I know I'm up here, but receiving this, I'm out there with you. Why do I put up with things I don't have to put up with? Do I think I'm more spiritual when I do that? Do I think that I'm just I'm just going to get my suffering Boy Scout badge? Get that checked off? We are called to be conquerors. We are called to be warriors. And I know that turns some people off. Uh, sorry not sorry that's the Bible when you sign on the dotted line uh, we've, we've said this before too you're a soldier now you're not a civilian you're not like those guys out there who don't like pain you love pain that's right pain is what your mama fed you Ever hear that? Yeah, I got to hear that a lot. (laughs) Mom never fed me stuff like that. I don't care how many times he said it. This is the life of a conqueror, it's the life of a warrior. We're on the battlefield, church. We're not on the sidelines. We're in the fight. We're on the battlefield. We're participating. Different positions, different areas, different ways. But we're all participating. We're all called to participate somewhere, somehow, some way. And participate is exactly what we need to be doing. When we're praying, folks, there's two kinds of prayers. An arbitrary division, but go with me here. There's praying without knowing the will of God and there's praying when you do know the will of God. Praying without knowing the will of God is, there's no specific promise in there, but you're just asking to see. It would be really nice if I could get a promotion at work, Lord. I'd pray for a promotion at work if it be Your will. Seeking the will of God. Asking Him if that would be okay. Typically, when I pray like that, I'm praying to know God's will. Or I'm praying, if this be your will, let it happen. And typically, those prayers, I can't say always, I haven't thought it all the way through yet, but I think generally, those prayers are for me. They're things that I want, things that I'd like to see happen. And then the other prayer is when I know what the will of God is. I have a specific promise in Scripture. I understand His character, so I know that this is something He would want when I'm praying for the salvation of my family, a loved one. I know I'm praying in the will of God. It's God's will for everybody to be saved. So in that case, I don't need to pray the will of God. I don't need to pray if this be your will. I already know it's His will. So I can pray confidently and boldly. I can assert the promise of God in this situation. And I can expect an answer. Not because I'm arrogant. Not because I'm foolish. But because God promised it. It's God's will. And He wants to see it happen more than I do. So I am assured of that promise. He's a covenant-keeping God. He keeps His Word. He's faithful to His Word. I understand that about God. And so I assert that promise in prayer. And I'm confident that I'm going to see an answer. I can pray boldly and confidently, directly and specifically. I can exercise the power and the authority God's given me in that area. I'm His ambassador, I'm His representative here on earth. I'm part of the body of Christ. I can have faith to tarry in prayer until the answer is realized. Because these are always things that God wants. When He's given me a specific promise, I know this is something He wants. So I can ask boldly, this tarrying in prayer, I want to touch on that for just a moment. We have power and we have authority. You bet we do. We can expect an answer. But I don't know if we can always expect an immediate one. When I have a promise, I'm going to keep asking, and I'm going to keep seeking, and I'm going to keep knocking with importunity. The unjust judge, remember that? I want nothing to do with that crazy old woman, but she keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. So just to get rid of her, I'm going to do what she wants. Now you're going to find a little bit more receptive audience in God. But even if it were the same kind of audience, just because you keep coming, you can expect an answer. Who knows why the answer is tarrying? It could be any number of reasons. It could be the angels are fighting Satan, like in Daniel, and we need to get through. Again, it's war, folks. It's war. Our understanding of reality, I think, is sometimes not right. It's skewed. It's wrong. And the reason I say that is because all we see, all we experience, our experience is here. This is what we get. I stub my toe, I get hurt. I pound my thumb with a hammer, I get hurt. I get cut, I bleed. I hear a funny joke, I laugh. I experience these things. I see, I taste, I feel. And this is what I'm wrapped up in, 24-7. I can't see into the spiritual. I can't see those things. I can accept them as being true. I can believe them in the Spirit. I can understand that these things are happening but they're not part of my overall experience. I'll say a couple things about that. One, I think they ought to be part of my experience. In prayer, they need to be part of my experience. And the more those things are part of my experience, the easier it's going to be for me to operate in that realm. Folks, we are not Primarily physical beings. This is, this is the car that I'm driving around in. And someday, like any other car, it's going to be on the junk heap. This is not going to be redeemed. It's not going to be saved. It's going to the dust from whence it came. It's going to be done. But who I am, the real me, is going to live forever. That's going to live forever somewhere. And my spiritual self, that interacts in the spirit realm. When I pray, things happen in the spirit. And I need to be experiencing that. If all I have is here, This is all I understand. And when I hear someone talk about operating in the Spirit and and all of that stuff, it seems a little bit hoo-hoo. It seems a little bit super spiritual. That's for the preacher. That's for the prophet. uh, That's not for little old me. Well, folks, it's for little old everybody. Everybody, every child of God is called to operate in the Spirit. The Lee Stone Kings, the T.W. Barnes, we see them as exceptional. If we look at the Bible, we see them as perfectly average. Everybody needs to be operating like that. Not necessarily in the exact same offices. We talked about that. We have different callings, different, all of that stuff. But we need to be operating in the spiritual realm somehow, some way. The gifts of the Spirit need to be flowing through us. Severally, according to God's will, as He gives. It needs to be happening. We can't take one part of the equation out and expect to be successful for God. This is part of the church that He's placed us in. This is part of the calling, the the, the commission that He has placed on us. It's part and parcel of the whole package. We need all of it. All of it, not just one aspect of it. If we will assume all of it, if we will walk in all of it, this, this idea that I am his ambassador, this idea that he wants to work through me, just like he did when he was walking on the earth himself, and greater things than these shall ye do. We explain and we reason and we rationalize these things away. And to speak freely, folks, I'm tired of it. Here's the real reason. I don't want to do the work. I don't want to discipline myself and get to the place where God can use me that way. Because I've got to change. There's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with God's Word. That's perfect. Those things are set. They're ready to go. He's waiting on me. So what's wrong with me? Well, that's for me and God to discover. He'll let me know what's wrong with me. What thing do I yet lack? Maybe all kinds of things. But I see. I see in Scripture where, I'm, where I ought to be. I see that. my life doesn't match up to that. It doesn't. And I can't rationalize that away any longer. I can't reason myself out of it anymore. I'm wrong. Ta-da! I'm wrong. The Scripture is right. People have been doing that for decades centuries well that was that was for the church back then that's not for us today you all heard that speaking in other tongues that was for the church back then miracles that was for the church back then that's not for today well why does it still happen today then that's what that's i'm looking for that answer So when we know the will of God, folks, we can move forward confidently, boldly. We can exercise the power and the authority that He has given us. And you don't have to be, well, I'm not worthy of that. Well, I I just don't know if He would use me that way. Actually, let me say that differently. Because I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm going to be facetious here. And I don't want to do that because those are, those are real situations. Those are real struggles that people have. This idea that, well, God wouldn't use me like that. He wouldn't use me like he uses Brother Lee Stone King. Yes, he would. And it's he doesn't love Brother Lee Stone King more than you. Brother Lee Stone King wasn't in a more spiritual, better spot when he got saved than when you got saved. He wasn't. He was in pretty much the same spot we all are when we come to the Lord. He wasn't super spiritual, walking on clouds. He still isn't. He may understand some things a little bit different than you and I do. He may have a different relationship with God, a different understanding of God, a different understanding of who He is in God than we do. But as a person, He's no more different than any of us. All, all of the Pentecostal pioneers that we read about, great, powerful men and women of God, wouldn't take anything away from any of them. They sacrificed and they preached and they, 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 they gave. And God used them mightily. But as a person, they're no different than you or, or I am. They had the same foibles, the same struggles, same concerns, different time periods. There's nothing different. Except perhaps a consecration, an understanding. That's it. And in these end days, folks, what we don't need is more of the same. And I'm not speaking to anyone in particular. You receive it. If it applies, if it doesn't, praise God. But this, this idea that the American church has had that I come to church, I worship, I leave, and I live my life until the next service. And that's, that's it. That's my Christian experience. is wrong. It's wrong. You were called for so much more than that. The potential that God has placed in you is so much greater than that. When situations and circumstances arise in our life that Frustrate us or confound us. There are things that we can do, folks. We can move forward. The defensive game rarely ever works. You can have the best defense. But against an active offense, eventually they're going to find a way in. I mean, that's just the way it works. No defense is perfect. They're going to find a way in. A static defense never works, not long term. So you can play the defensive game if you think that's going to work. But I'm telling you, it won't. Go on the offense, folks. Go offensive start using the power and the authority that Christ has given you. He suffered on a cross so that he could delegate that to you. That you were to that you could be his representative. You don't have to put up with the things that you put up with. And I don't either. So we need to understand two things. We need to understand who Jesus is. We need to understand who we are. And until we get that understanding, we're going to keep limping along. We're going to keep just shuffling along. Flaccid, weak, and and unable to do a whole lot. I use those words on purpose. Compared to what we could be, compared to what God wants to do through us, as I see my life, that's where I see it. I'm weak compared to what God could do through me if I would let Him. If I would do the work, if I would get to the place where He wants me to be. When this world sees that person, when this world sees that church, it's going to blow wide open, one way or the other. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Isn't that an interesting statement to make? To set at variance, the daughter with her mother, the father with the son, etc., etc. When we start going out into this world as ambassadors, demonstrating Jesus Christ as I believe He desires that we do, it's going to be polarizing. Some people are going to be all in and others will be all out. How did they respond to Jesus? If we are Christ-like as I see it, they should be responding to me the same way. When Jesus told told something to someone, it wasn't it wasn't for any other reason than love, compassion, but he told it straight. And a lot of people couldn't receive it straight. So they hated him. They hated the truth. In any case. We need to understand these two things. We will be courageous. We will move forward in the will and plan of God. The will and plan of God is more than simply getting victory in one specific area. The will and plan of God is conquering this city, this county for Him. Planting new works. Training ministers, discipling, saints of God, seeing His kingdom move forward. That's the will and plan of God. And we all, all of us, we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of that to the extent that we'll allow Him, to the extent that we'll choose to. We don't know yet how powerfully God will use us. We can look to other people, how they've been used of God. But I believe there are even greater experiences out there for someone, for a people, especially in these end times. I I really believe with all my heart, enough to, to proclaim it, that the best is yet to come. For whosoever will. Whosoever will. And once again, all of us, we're just one choice away. One choice away. The opportunity is presented to all of us. We've got to choose to say yes. We've got to choose to manage that decision and continue to move forward in Him. Amen. If we will, church, if we will, there are some that won't. And I'll love you. I'll pray for you. I'm not going to think anything less of you. But the uh, the future is going to be in the hands of those that say yes. The future of God's church is going to be in the hands of those that move forward in Him. His will. His plan. <coughs> Amen. The future might be scary to some, and in some aspects, I can understand that, but these are the end times. These are the last days. And before Jesus comes, there's going to be a great revival. It's already started. It's already started. It's already here. I want to be a part of that. That great end time harvest. Amen. That's going to be work, folks. That's going to be work. Praise God. But work's what we're all about, right? Amen. Let's all stand.